0: Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Writer and publisher Pete Spurrier has lived in Hong Kong since 1993. He's a keen hiker and you may have come across his books on hikes and serious hikes around Hong Kong. Those projects led on to his latest, which is the Heritage Hiker's Guide to Hong Kong, a series of 20 heritage walks, each lasting two to three hours on the streets of Hong Kong and Kowloon and the villages of the New Territories. I joined him on a trail that took us from the University of Hong Kong down to Sai in pun
1: So we're sitting here beside the granite columns of Lok Hall, which is the main uh, hall of Hong Kong University, built in 1912 and has become a, a symbol of the university as a whole, a very attractive building. And as we're looking out to the hillside, uh, we're hearing a bit of construction work because it's coming up to the university's 100th anniversary and they're extending their campus across the hillside towards Pokfulam. It's going to be double the size it is today. Lock U Hall is
0: uh, how old?
1: I think it was built in 1912, named after a a Malaysian-Chinese tin magnate who provided funds for the university, the the new university, which was the first in Hong Kong.
0: So Lock U Hall is is actually rather lovely. It's uh, all all covered in uh, pastel plaster and uh, you've got large columns coming down. And uh, one of the lovely things about it is also it's, it's surrounded by... Trees that you know have been here for, for decades, so it's actually quite shady here on a, a sunny blue sky day. Now, this is the start of a route that's going to take us down from the University of Hong Kong. And where are we going next in Pokfulam? That's
1: right. We're starting on Pokfulam Road, which is the main entrance to the university. We're going to walk through the campus uh, to see a few of its heritage buildings, then come down across Bonham Road into the western end of the mid-levels, downhill into Sai pun a very traditionally Chinese district. We're looking up at the clock tower of Lockhue Hall. It's quite a well-known landmark. It uh, used to be able to be seen from the harbour, although there's taller buildings in front of it now. Um, during the Second World War, the whole building was stripped of its wood, of its roof, of its doors, of its floorboards uh, for firewood, and everything was restored after the war.
0: I suppose here, also at the front of Lockhue Hall, as well as the clock tower up above, uh, you've also got a huge archway coming out. I suppose here... They've actually got the space to maintain all
1: this stuff. That's right. And, and just opposite, we've got an older building with a dome, which I think they call the Hung Hing Ying building now, uh, but was originally the Students' Union. In, uh, I think that was built in 1920, and that still overlooks Bonham Road.
0: Oh, nice to see a bit of traditional brick.
1: Yeah, yeah, red brick is always, always attractive. And nowadays we've got a line of palm trees in front of Lockhue Hall, which, with the, the pastel uh, colouring, uh, comes across very well. So we're stepping into the lobby now of the main building, Uh, We're going to walk up through it because Hong Kong University is built across a hillside so that you can reach one building from the first floor of another and so on. Uh, Here in the lobby we've got the foundation stone, laid in 1910, I think, uh, by the governor of the day, Frederick Lugard. And it was a struggle at the time to get the money to finance this new university. Um, The colonial office didn't provide much, so they had to collect funds from Hong Kong people, uh, among which was uh, Sir Hormes G. Modi, who uh, is remembered in Modi Road. He provided a large portion of the funds.
0: And here, halfway up the stairs, is Sir Hormuz G. N. Modi, 1838 to 1911. Well, when I say here he is, there's actually uh, a bust of him on a wooden plinth.
1: And he was a member of the Parsi community of Hong Kong, uh, very prominent in those years, who still have their own cemetery in Happy Valley.
0: It's absolutely lovely along here, actually, the... All the columns, the archways, the big doors, the big windows.
1: We're walking through a cloistered courtyard now, uh, wooden doors and windows on on the insides and uh, palm trees, very, very tall palm trees and and banana trees, I think, on the inside, uh, all bathed in sunshine.
0: Yeah, absolutely lovely day to see the old buildings here of the University of Hong Kong. And of course, the University of Hong Kong is already beginning celebrations for its centenary, so I'll have to come back and uh, find out a bit more of the history of the university at a later date.
1: So just up the hill from here there are three, uh, there were originally three halls, uh, red brick again that were built for the students. Um, Typhoon Wander in 1962 uh, damaged them a great deal and one of them was uh, demolished in uh, 1992. Uh, But they've been restored now and they're now used for things such as the Centre for Buddhist Studies I think and and various other faculties of the university.
0: So where are we heading down to now,
1: (laughs) Pete? We're going to go down the hill now towards the what is now the Fung Ping Shan Museum and the Tang Ching School of Chinese, which are both on Bonham Road.
0: Certainly a great day to be out walking. After a very cold night, we are catching a bit of the sunshine today as we head past the Knowles building and down and out, out of the University of Hong Kong here in Pokfulam. Lam. Standing across from the University of Hong Kong here, we're i uh, have just uh, replenished ourselves with uh, uh, a box of hot soy milk as we walk around. And, uh, of course, along this road, there are some lovely banyan trees still.
1: There are. Just, just Bonham Road now, which is named after one of Hong Kong's first governors. There's a lovely banyan that hangs over the road with hanging roots, providing shade um, and a space for the birds. Um, and just across the road is the Fung Ping Shan Museum. Uh, which contains Chinese artwork. Uh, and I'd encourage anybody to visit the University of Hong Kong. Although it's a university campus, you're free to wander around. There's plenty of things to see, uh, including the museum there, which is uh, free of entry. Oh,
0: should we get off this busy road though?
1: Yes, let's, <laughs> let's pop down a side street.
0: We've just walked down Hing Hon Road, and uh, author and publisher Pete Spears had a little bit of a shock and surprise.
1: Well, that's right. I, I wanted to walk down Hing Hon Road, which is just opposite the University of Hong Kong, uh, to show you some of the old um, three-storey buildings, which used to be prominent all over the mid-levels. Um, these were... Uh, uh, all of these had sea views. There was great ventilation in those days, very different from the uh, tall, narrow canyons that the mid-levels is made of now. Uh, but we've come round the corner, and number 19, which we photographed for this guidebook, has just been demolished. So the guidebook is already uh, out of date and it's already uh, a bit of a historical document in just six months. <laughs> well yes, well
0: I am glad you, that you took photographs. The photographs actually don't appear in the book um, but uh, yes, coming along here, I'm, I'm glad that you have made a record of that. Of course, mid-levels is now changing completely, isn't
1: it? It is very fast uh, and there's one three-storey building still left on this road on the corner which is very nice so you can get an idea of how people used to live and there's another beautiful three-storey building just further along Bonham Road uh, with uh, verandas on all three stories and festooned with Um, hanging plants, a really wonderful site. Gives you an idea of what the whole of Hong Kong's urban area used to look like.
0: Mm. Poc Fulham is is gradually becoming built up but you still have a sense of air around here. I mean Mid-Levels itself was always a prestigious place to live but uh, I think people are now moving out.
1: That's right, and actually, what you can see with these, um, with the building we're looking at on the corner, a three-story building, uh, that was inhabited by a Chinese family who'd moved up the hill from Sai Ying Pun earlier. Uh, Sai Ying Pun being at ground level, uh, being near to uh, Sheng Wan, that was the area of the Chinese bazaar. Um, obviously, between uh, Sai Ying Pun and the peak, there was an area of more middle-class housing, and as Chinese people became more prosperous, they were able to move up the hill, and that's the kind of building we're looking at at the moment.
0: So uh, your advice would be around this area, then, is get your camera out fast.
1: That's right, because it may be uh, changing uh, very next week. Yeah. So we're, we're going to walk down a, a stone staircase now beside a stream, uh, which leads us back down to Pockfilham Road. Uh, Hon Road, we're looking at the old street sign here, a very nice, sort of almost like an enamel advert uh, uh, nailed to the wall, um, is a private road. It's a very old neighbourhood. And the wrought iron gates here are actually still closed every night.
0: Now, the, when we go down Lam Road, it will lead into Sai Ying Pun.
1: Straight down the hill again. We'll come to High Street, Third Street, Second Street, and Third Street, First uh, Street, and then back down to the tram.
0: And how do estate agents regard it?
1: Well, I, I call this Sai Ying Pun. I live around here. But if you're a estate agent, you might call it Mid Levels West. <laughs> so, uh, Let's
0: stretch it across <laughs> as far as possible. I love the area of Sai Ying Pun. Actually, it's, it's one of the older areas of Hong Kong Island, and. Um, with with that age comes not only the buildings themselves, but also the the old stone walls, the banyan roots enmeshed in in into those uh, into that stone. It's not just. Uh modern concrete.
1: That's right and you can still see the stone steps of buildings which are long gone actually. The foundations and the retaining walls remain and, and you can get an idea of what maybe stood there before but also you can see Sai still has a lot of the old 1960s um, corner house buildings, that Hong Kong style of a building which conforms to the shape of the road they're actually rounded on the corner which is very characteristic of Hong Kong.
0: As you walk along Tsai ing of course, there's 1st Street, 2nd Street, 3rd Street and High Street. Do you know why these streets are named like that?
1: Yes, this area was laid out as a grid, actually, as well as 1st, 2nd, 3rd and High Street. You've got Western Street, Centre Street and Eastern Street, which make a square. That would have been called 4th Street, the highest one, if four was not such an unlucky number uh, for Chinese people. So they've called it High Street instead, which is much more positive.
0: Yes. So I like the idea of a grid it's easier to find your way around but as you as you're saying about these stone retaining walls in fact we're just walking past one here how much would you say I mean you've been here nearly two decades how much of Sai pun would you say has changed
1: Uh, Actually, a fair amount of it. It, it, It's a great shame that in the past um, Hong Kong didn't really care for its heritage as much as people do now. Uh, There was a a line of wonderful Edwardian buildings on Centre Street uh, with wrought iron balconies, um, trees growing from the rooftops, uh, quite dilapidated, and they were demolished about ten years ago. They could equally have been saved, restored, uh, and made into something uh, that people could have enjoyed for the future.
0: And I would imagine that some people, I mean, uh, obviously old buildings... Uh, Often have a bad name. People prefer modern flats, modern amenities. But would you say that there possibly is a market for, you know, in the same way that uh, other places have? Uh, made factories or dock lands into sort of luxury flats I'm thinking of London, Manchester, areas like that I'm
1: thinking it's moving that way now uh, particularly in places like Soho which are trendy areas to live in anyway, there's plenty of three storey, four storey buildings, walk ups, which people are renovating now Um, there there is even one which has had its old old, um, metal window frames restored, Uh, a lot of those are ripped out and replaced with aluminium, this one has gone gone backwards and made it look like uh, its original architecture Uh, as for factory buildings, uh, in, in In the West you tend to get wonderful old red brick factory buildings made of arches. Uh, We don't have that here. The factory buildings are prefab concrete. um, Not really great for conversion into living quarters, unfortunately.
0: On the corner of High Street and Western Street is Kaoyan Church and uh, you've got a lovely photograph in the book of a whole crowd of people outside the church. So is that the congregation?
1: That's right. It's actually one of my favourite archive photographs in the book. Uh, we're looking at the uh, front steps of Yan Church here in 1932, I think, when it was just built. Actually, it hasn't changed a bit in the intervening years. And while the entire congregation is sitting on on the steps posing for a photograph, uh, and you had to pose for a long time in those days um, to get the right photograph, you've got the small children on the front row who can't stay still, so they're all blurred. <laughs> then in the background, behind uh, in, in front of a lovely uh, colonnaded building, which is now a school next door, you've got two girls in the sort of long gowns which you might associate with Uh, shanghainese advertising posters from the 1930s So a very charming scene
0: i'm taking a walk with pete spurrier who's a hong kong publisher and the writer of the heritage hiker's guide to hong kong you've got about 20 trails in here pete so tell me about how you wandered around these buildings and decided what went in and what didn't
1: Yes, well, this book actually came off the uh, experience of a previous one, The Serious Hiker's Guide to Hong Kong, which was the major long distance trails, the Mackley the Hong Kong Trail, the Wilson Trail. Um, but people seem to like the elements of local history and culture that I wrote about. So we, we went ahead and did this one, which is more urban walks. Uh, 20 walks around mostly Hong Kong, Central, Wan Chai, Quarry Bay, Stanley, uh, Chim Sai so Choi, Kok, the urban area, where you can find the most visible uh, aspects of heritage. Uh, but then we also went a little bit into the new territories. We did Tai Po and Camtin because there you've got a different, an older kind of heritage the villages and aspects of what Hong Kong was like before the British came, uh, the Qing Dynasty and even further back.
0: Yes, it's a a walk of 20 trails uh, published by Formasia and and using a lot of Formasia's archives of photographs. So you've got a whole variety of of different decades marked in there. As I mentioned, we've we've just been up to University of Hong Kong on a a very sunny day. Uh, Obviously, uh, on urban trails, you're going to pass quite some noisy areas but we're just in the archway of Anne Church and yes the fact that it was built in 1932 and you can see these restless children on the photograph I wonder if any of those are are still with us but uh, just down the side here we've got a whole bunch of primary school children playing Uh, but generally as you walk around of course anticipate that you're going to have a few urban hills particularly on Hong Kong Island but other than that the trails aren't meant to be strenuous.
1: No, not at all. No, uh, each one will take two or three hours walking at a gentle pace so they can be followed by anybody. If you've got family visiting in town, you want to show them a little bit of Hong Kong's history, then just take one of these trails. It it's usually ends somewhere like a, a museum or a, or a temple or a restaurant, so nothing too strenuous.
0: My thanks to publisher and writer Pete Sparrier, talking there on his book The Heritage Hiker's Guide to Hong Kong. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.